0: we are missing a Pro. Somewhere between the M1 Mac Mini and the M1 Max and M1 Ultra Mac Studios, we're missing an M1 Pro Mac Mini or Mac Studio. It's just a giant gaping gap of a hole in what's otherwise the best damn all-in-none lineup Apple has ever had or will have once the Mac Pro ships later this year. After using the Mac Studio going on a month now, that is the biggest thing. the main thing that I change because otherwise, as far as G4 Cube, Mac Mini, J90 Mac Pro style, high compute appliances go, it is almost impeccable. Almost, because if I were to peck in a perfect world, I'd like to see Apple use more of those double IO controllers in the M1 Ultra model to really just plus out all of those ports, HDMI 2.1, specifically for higher resolution and higher refresh rates SDUC and UHS-3 on the card reader, or, and maybe even a second 10 gigabit ethernet port. I'm not entirely exactly sure because I suck at IO math, but either way with six Thunderbolt ports, you can dongle into almost anything. So it's hard to be super salty about any of that. And I know know some people swear they don't see a difference between the M1 Max and the M1 Ultra, or think the M1 Ultra is being underutilized or constrained in some way. But like I said in my benchmark LARP video, a lot of that comes down to actual workloads and understanding the differences, for example, between how Apple Silicon works as opposed to Intel and their more recent TJ Max turbo and throttle nanosecond cycles. So yeah, about the only remaining missing piece in this puzzle for me, and I suspect for others who are looking for this type of Mac is that ongoing lack of a pro option. We have M1 Pro and M1 Max to choose from for the MacBook Pro, but M1 Max and M1 Ultra in the Mac Studio. No M1 Pro in the Mac Studio or Ultra in the MacBook, but that would just melt or look like an Asus or whatever, topic for a future video. I still think many people, most people will be perfectly fine with the M1 Mac Mini. Even if you're worried about future-proofing, you can wait for the M2 version for slightly better single core speeds, increased efficiency and better graphics. But unless you're planning to radically escalate your workloads in a few years, 16 gigabytes will still do you. And if you are, you should consider radically escalating your Mac in those few years as well, especially because in an ideal world, it would pay for itself at that point anyway. But there are people who legitimately do need the extra memory, extra performance cores, and extra graphics cores that M1 Pro offers or just the extra ports, specifically if they wanna drive extra displays. And right now, the next step up that can handle all that is the M1 Max Mac Studio, which is less of a step and more of a leap. And sure, we can argue among friends as to whether a more limited M1 Pro Mac Mini or a more expensive M1 Pro Mac Studio is the best Goldilocks in the middle here, but I think we'd all agree we need something here. So fingers crossed those reports of an M2 Mac Mini Pro pan out at the very least. For the studio display, despite all the complaints I keep hearing from people who were never actually in the market for a 5K native pixel resolution display, I think Apple mostly delivered on what the people who were actually in that market really wanted namely 5K at native pixel resolution in an enclosure that is not just a bunch of less than fantastic plastic. And Apple still has to fix the camera because damn, it's the exact same hardware as the iPad 9. So it should function exactly like the iPad 9. But beyond that, I would personally have preferred if they had just stuck with the 1080p wide angle from the iMac and not gone with the 12 megapixel ultra wide angle like the iPad, because center stage is fun and is absolutely one of those only Apple features that justifies slapping an A13 chipset into the display in the first place, but it seems like something that would be better suited, better aligned with a less expensive, more consumer, more family targeted display, like a 4K for 1K display, not a more studio is in prosumer targeted 5K for 2K display. I'd even be tempted to say, swap it with the 24 inch iMac camera at this point, and then bring back target display mode and let people use that if that's what they really wanna do because Apple just has so few displays and that would let the ones that they do have cover way more bases. And I also totally get that some people would have preferred a MagSafe plug on the studio display even though MagSafe requires an external power brick, but that would still be a proprietary cable, which some people seem to be forgetting, complaining about the current proprietary cable, but the added utility would just make it a way better trade-off. And personally, I am just always gonna lean towards MagSafe all the things anyway. I would also love to see HomePod style stereo pairing for those who do want a two display setup and could benefit from the wider virtual soundstage. It's super niche, but it would be super nice. But I would all caps, just all caps love to see a huge simplification in the stand situation. The engineering on the height adjustable stand is ludicrously good. It's just super tough to justify a $400 stand on top of a $1,600 display. It just comes off looking all shades of over-engineered for something that's not marketed as pro, but as studio. And I really don't want the ID team to cut me with what I'm sure are supremely elegant bead blasted aluminum coffee spoons. I just think, you know, in terms of Apple being Apple, it's totally fair to ask why not just one stand, one way simpler height adjustable stand that can do it all. What would be more quintessentially Apple than that? But after a month of daily use, I personally just still don't care that it's EDR and 60 Hertz. Never mind, Apple would need to use display stream compression to push HDR 120 Hertz up a Thunderbolt cable anyway, and there's currently no HDR 5K 120 panel in production for it to even plug into. Those would both result in an increase in price that just really isn't justifiable for this display's target market namely Apple developers and designers and creative pros outside high-end video pros because that's the pro display XDR market. And I imagine we'll be seeing exactly those features more or less in the next generation pro display for a price. I mean, I'd love 5K for 3K, but I fear it's gonna be 7K for 7K this time. Yeah, I would love to be wrong about that, but either way, I can't imagine that much mini LED is gonna come cheap at all. For now, people complaining it's seven year old panel tech are right, but I still want it. Like I still want seven year old connector tech, namely USB-C on my iPhone pro, but I'll also happily take better when we eventually get better. I also wish it had Wi-Fi and Bluetooth built in and we can debate the merits of wireless display tech all you want, but since the studio display is already running iOS 15, it would just open the door to all kinds of really cool features, even if they're very fringe, like standalone AirPlay and Sidecar. If you just wanna quickly check something on a big screen from your iPhone, your iPad, your Mac, without going to the hassle of attaching or booting up a dedicated Mac, or, you know, plugging in a cable, especially because the iPhone still needs a dongle for that, like an animal. And if you wanna double check any of my logic on any of this, or my IO or display stream math, or just get involved in all the underlying technology behind all of this, check out the logic, math and algorithm courses on today's sponsor, Brilliant. Basically everything that the next generation of everything from silicon to software to studios is gonna be built on. Also science, computer science, physics, quantum mechanics, game theory, and so much more. Because Brilliant is the online interactive STEM learning platform with a growing catalog of courses specifically crafted to help you learn concepts by working through them yourself in a visual hands-on way And all the lessons are thoughtfully broken up into bite-sized pieces. So you can learn at your own pace, anywhere, anytime, zero pressure, like have you ever wanted to learn to code, but you were put off by all the overly complex, traditional computer programming cruft. Well, Brilliant has actual fun, interactive challenges that let you shift blocks of pseudocode around, receive immediate feedback and get results. You feel like you're solving puzzles, even gaming, but the whole entire time, you're learning how algorithms work. And once you learn that coding becomes way less intimidating and way more accessible because here's the secret. Everyone starts somewhere, everyone. And you can get started right now, here, today, for free. Just visit brilliant.org slash Rene or click the link in the description. And the first 200 of you will get 20% off Brilliant's annual premium subscription. Just click the button on the screen or go to brilliant.org slash Rene Clicking on that button really helps out the channel and so who's hitting up this playlist for my full review and follow-up on the Mac Studio, M1 Ultra, and so much more. All the details, all the inside info, all for you. Just hit up this playlist and I'll see you in the next video.